Welcome back to the Invader Sports Soccer Show. Today, it is myself with Luke and Joe. How are we feeling, fellas? Hello. Yeah, good. How are we doing? Uh, good. We have some exciting games to talk about, some controversy to talk about, and I'll uh, take a look at the relegation battle later on. But before we get to that, let's talk about that game that just happened the, uh, yesterday as of, as of recording. Uh, what, what were your guys' thoughts on Real Madrid's comeback? Who wants to go first? I'm Joe, go ahead. To, I mean, Joe? Uh, Luke, uh, yeah, no, go on. I'll let Joe take it. It's something that he uh, he wants to talk about. So. I just want to talk about the fact that when I'm potentially a grandfather one day, I'm going to be talking about Kylian Mbappe being one of the greatest players that I've potentially ever seen in my life. He is on fire. That guy, Even though he did, I think it was what, three disallowed goals they had. He was absolutely incredible. Um, and I think obviously you look at the result, Benzema hat-trick, him and Lewandowski, undisputed two best strikers in the world right now. Um, and I just think when you look at that, that game yesterday, I mean, I was watching it and I think Real Madrid's defence got let off with a lot yesterday. Um, PSG's defence was absolutely dreadful. I think two of the goals were down to Donnarumma's error. Um, kind of a little bit of a comeback for me after that after that Euros final where Domaroma absolutely dominated. But I think, yeah, Real Madrid just just dominant that game. Modric, he's getting on a bit, but he is just on fire in that midfield. He is so good. The passing, the agility, the swiftness on the ball, the touches. Um, so yeah, we see see Real Madrid go through to the next round again. Pochettino, unfortunately, not living up to the name that he he's brought himself up to. But you know, we'll see what happens with him, whether he'll go United or not. Luke, what's your thoughts on you having Pochettino potentially? Yeah, let me hear that. Oh, really? I hate it. I, I, yeah, no, no, I do not want Pochettino. It'll be the the thing is, he's gone to PSG. He's he's shown he to me that he can't deal with the pressure um i'm not sure he can deal with big egos um that's a good point and then he'll go to united where there'll be more pressure bigger egos and a board that will not give him 100 200 million to spend every summer um so yeah i personally i know a few people kind of like you know he's got premier league experience that's cool um but if you can't do it at PSG in a league with not as much competition and a much stronger team in the Champions League, I cannot see him going to United, dealing with the pressure from the fans and the board and with those players and coming out successfully. Mm, when I, you, I can't when, see it. Yeah, when you look at United, you've got those issues upstairs, as you mentioned, obviously. You're dealing with a, a huge commercial asset in, in Manchester United. Do you think, in that sense, you would rather bring in a proven... I know we spoke about this briefly in person before, but would you rather see a manager come in and start a project at United, or would you rather a, a, a manager who has a name already come in and, and, and strut his stuff? So yeah, for me, it's a really good question. I still stick by, I'd like Ten Hag. I've said mm. it since kind of quote-unquote rumours started. Um, my only thing is, I do not know if United would give a manager enough time for a project. That's my problem. I feel like anyone that comes in, they'll get a season, maybe season and a half to to kind of achieve something now. And if they don't, then it's kind of, 
stop giving them money, the, uh, the team turns against them or the players turn against them, we start again. Um, but in my head, I'd like to see Ten Hag come in, you know, spend the season also clearing out the deadwood, putting in some good foundations in the next season, and maybe it takes three or four years. But I think that's an absolute minimum of how much time it's going to take to get United back to somewhat successful. I mean, one of the key things with that was looking at um, a combined 11 for City and United at the weekend. And I do not think there was a single position where you'd pick a United player over a City player. And that shows just how much of a situation United are in. Um, you know, to not pick one player from United that would fit in a, in a City squad or start in a City squad is a joke. Yeah, the the game it it looked bad. It really did look bad. I mean, De Gea was getting shots fired him left, right, and centre. I think the City players come out after half time and were like, "This is a training session." <laughs> like Cancelo did it. I think an overhead kick outside the box at one point. Um, yeah, four one. It absolutely crazy result for City. They're 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 steamrolling to that title at the moment. I know. On the last podcast, Dan with um Adam as well, we were discussing the title race. I mean. It's really heating up now. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you what. April 9th is more and more important as as days go by. Because when Liverpool play City, if either team can come away with a victory, it's going to be huge. It'll be more. It'll be bigger if City wins because they can widen the gap to, what, six points? If if all stays the same right now, yeah. then they can do that. The best Liverpool can do is, is draw level on points. But mm. that would be that would be huge too because they would have the upper hand then. So yeah, uh, yeah, that 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 uh, game is very 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 big. Yeah, I think if City wins, they win the league. I think it's that simple. I'd agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Well, do you do you remember when we lost out by a point? It you could have traced it back to a, a disallowed goal. Well, it just wasn't called a goal when the City cleared the ball. In the, mm-hmm. it was like so close to crossing the line. It was like a hair away from not crossing the line, and we ended up losing the losing the game and losing by a, a single point. So I mean, sometimes it does just come down to a game, but you never know what would happen in the schedule. Like I didn't see Spurs beating City, you know. So you just never, you just really never know. You got to come in and play like every single game's a playoff game for for the rest of the season. Yeah. So that's just the way it is, which, which makes it, it's exciting. You know, it'd be, it'd be better to be in their position than be the ones that's catching up, but still they're keeping the pressure on, making it exciting. What else can you ask for, you know? Cause yeah. when they were, when they were 13 points back, I didn't see this coming, even yeah. though there was what, two games in hand at that time, but it's fun. Uh, do you know yeah. what? That's the one thing I will say is I do think so far it has been an exciting season. You know, yeah. if you look at it, Specifically, if you just look at the, looked at the table, I think you could kind of look at it and be like, "Oh, it's just another season where Liverpool and City have kind of walked away with it." And then you, you know, you look a little bit deeper. You look at the games that have been played, and it's genuinely been a season where there's been really good games, um, and there's been some some shockers, right? Like I think no one would have called, you know, Aston Villa swooping in, getting Coutinho, and all of a sudden they look like a different team. I think no one would have called Everton fighting for survival. 
um, at the bottom of the table. Crystal Palace, what uh, Vieira's done there. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a great time to be a United fan. Another one's Arsenal and how far they've come. And they're actually starting to like a, an actual unit as a team, um, which is obviously, again, not great as, an, as a United fan. Um, if anything, f- f- this season's the most forget- forgettable season as a United fan. But I was going to say, they- yeah. But everywhere else, there's some really exciting things going on. Um, and I think as much as we will probably see Liverpool and City continue over the next couple of years, I'm excited to see what happens with the likes of Arsenal um, and even to an extent what's going on with Villa. I think there's a few clubs in there that they could be onto something really good over the next couple of seasons. So it is exciting. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how good Villa can get, you yeah. know. See if they keep Coutinho, I think I think keeping Coutinho yeah. is a massive thing. That's huge. That's huge. And I think they, I think they want to. Um, and mm. it, it's it's clearly working. You know, he's he's getting he's getting points. He's getting goals. Getting assists. He's getting results. So why would he, he looks be good as well? Yeah, he, he's he's actively involved a lot. It's not it's not like a a situation where he goes quiet for eighty minutes and for, for ten he's showing up he's he's there um, yeah. which i think is exactly what villa need especially a grealish leaving in the summer um, that's it that's so it with I, with um with coutinho as well just the final point on on villa as well you see what gerard's done then he's, he's his mate at the end of the day he's brought him in and he's he's doing the work he's a dynamic player and i can't remember how many years ago now it was he was at liverpool but he was potentially one of the best players in the premier league at one point so he goes to barcelona on that big move and then goes to bayern munich plays okay but can't can't get into the first team um as a solid starter and now he's come back to the premier league and he's a shining light and i completely agree with you both if if they keep him fit um they're going to have a really good season yeah i mean man i had some good times watching him play He's very, very fun to watch. He's super creative, and especially when he's in good form like he is now, because then you just see, like, he, he loves what he's doing. He's having a good time out there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, fun. it's fun to see that relationship grow over there. So I think they, like, have to sign him. Have to I think the biggest, the biggest thing, right, is wages. I think Coutinho's on – I think he's on, like, 300, 400K – well, 350, 400K a week. I think that's the biggest stumbling block, maybe, because I think his his buyout is or is forty might be forty million euros or forty million pound, which is very doable for Villa, right? But it it's the wages where I think there could be some issues. Um, I think they'll figure it out, and I can see Coutinho saying, um, but I think that might be the thing that holds holds some bits up. Well, if if what if the signs he was given before leaving Barcelona was that he very much so wanted to come back to the Premier League. So we'll see how important that is to him when it comes time to say, hey, you're going to take, what, $100,000 pay cut a week? It, yeah. could be that, it could be that big, you know? Yeah. It could so, be bigger. It could be bigger. You're right. You know, Villa's not going to want to absolutely decimate their um, wage structure, right? Mm. Even, even if he goes down to 250k a week, that's still probably a lot higher than the next highest play Villa plays on. Oh, for sure. For sure. So mm. it's how they tackle that. I think that that to me is the only the only way he does not end up there next season is is a uh, wages. Yeah. Man, 
that, that that's going to be interesting to watch play out for sure. Um, all right, and that was a that was a great little discussion we had there. Um, but Luke, what were your thoughts on that three uh, one comeback Real Madrid game? You know what? Going into that, I really well I thought Madrid would win, right? And I thought Madrid would go through, and then PSG came out, and Mbappe just looked ready. Like yeah. he just looked like he really wanted to be there. Um, and yeah, got quite unlucky with obviously being offside. Um, and then and then obviously he scored. And then I think it it might have been the second offside goal where he did that little step over. The rollover. Oh, oh, my God. Beautiful. Like, that was nuts. If there's anything to say, Madrid, come and get me. It's it's that, right? Um, but then Benzema was like, I've had enough of this. And just... yeah. What was it within 20 minutes, the last 20 minutes? Um, because he scored like 73rd minute and 76th, and then again around the 80th or or, or whatever. Um that's I, I I actually do not think Benzema's had enough credit because he's had the likes of Ronaldo around him. He's had well multiple attackers which have I think taken the the spotlight, but he's been consistent at Madrid for however long now, and he's just shown like in a Champions League, you know, like absolute crucial moment, 20 minutes to get a hat trick and put them through. Yeah. Different caliber, different caliber of player. And I think Madrid thoroughly on the back of that deserves to go through. Um, Mbappe did get unlucky, but PSG defensively were just not good enough. Donnarumma, some really, really poor um, pieces of positioning. And uh, yeah, no, I, I thought Madrid would go through. Glad to see they have. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure how Poch gets through the next period because honestly, I expected it to come out today that he would um he would have been fired. To be honest, yeah, he's done. Joe, Joe, before the season started, all of us made predictions on Champions League, and I'm pretty sure all of us had PSG winning or going to the final. Yeah, it was pretty resounding. But then after we saw the first bit of Champions League play, we all revised it and we we're like, no, they're not winning this. And then when we made our predictions for this round, all of us had them losing to Real Madrid. So isn't it just wild how quickly things can turn like that on a team? It, it honestly doesn't surprise me. With a team like PSG, you're relying on such minuscule, different different things to happen. I think with a manager like Pochettino, as I was mentioning before, when you're going off a name, he reminds me of a manager like Roberto Martinez. He's just one of those managers that gets jobs off his name. It really does quite worry me in a sense that a manager like Tuchel couldn't get it done at PSG and he got the sack. I just think PSG need to look at it in a different way. And, and the fact that they're on this project Champions League, they're just going to keep burning out, I think, and they're just never going to get there. Yeah, that's that's a good way to, to look at it. Yeah, Luke. At, at the same time, though, um, just something that you said was really interesting about kind of the, the Project Champions League. What else do they strive towards? Because, exactly. They've just got the French League. Which is, you'd like to think, a guaranteed guaranteed trophy, unless you're Poch. Um, <laughs> you know, you'd like to think with that lineup is a guaranteed trophy. So they should 100% be focused on Champions League um, and they should 100% be achieving it. You know, if you look at the, the, the quality in that team, the right manager 
just has to get them all to click. I say just, but you know, that's why you, you bring in the biggest and the best. Um, and you get them that. And I, I, I can't understand why they're, they're going for people. I, the, the, when the news came out that Poch got the job, I was shocked because, mm. you know, it's going back to, he got Tottenham to a champions league final, but he's not, one anything and I think PSG what they need is a player is a manager that's dealt with big egos has is a serial winner and is going to go in and be like cool if you're going to kick up there's the bench someone else will take your spot someone else will play um, and get them playing unified and I think that's what it takes um, we'll see if that happens I'm not sure who who they get to be honest um, maybe as a Dan. Oh. Yeah, could yeah. could possibly be. Well, Pochettino, of his last four games at PSG, they've lost three. So they lost 3-1 yeah. to Nantes, they lost 1-0 to Nice, and then Real Madrid. So we'll see what happens. We'll see who fills the gap. But it doesn't really... I don't lose sleep thinking of PSG not winning. I, I do. I do. I was really happy with Real Madrid. Yeah. Yeah. One, one last thought on PSG. How much do you think it hurts them year in and year out in the Champions League, that their level of competition isn't high on a week-in, week-out basis. And then when they get the Champions League, they get, they suddenly got to ramp up to another level. Do you think that that hurts them in in their play? Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know, because at the same time, you could argue, you know, we could look at Ajax, right, which have had times in the past where, again, competition in their league, unless you're talking about kind of um, going to butcher their names, but PSV and Feyenoid? Yeah, Feyenoid. Feyenoid, yeah. that's one. You know, other than that, it's it's really those three, right? And then they turn up in the Champions League and then they'll smash Madrid, which they've done it in the past. Um, they've just turned it on, right? And you're not talking about the same caliber as Mbappe, Neymar, Messi, Verratti, Marquinhos, yeah, you know, and so on. Uh, Hakimi's another one. You're not talking about that that quality, and they're still able to turn it on in the Champions League. So I I think that's a really poor excuse to to blame it on your weekly competition, because if that's the case then you have all the opportunity to bench your best players the week ahead. So they're fully raring to go. And then you have players with more better fitness and better energy than the, than your opposition. So if anything, that should be helping them, not hindering them. Mm. Yeah, that's an interesting way. I didn't think of it like that, but yeah, that does make sense. Um, good. Yeah. Good example with, with IX there. Uh, all right. So yeah, that was wild. Um, We'll do it. We'll do a, our picks, Joe. Hopefully, you can come back, and all of us can do our picks after this round to see what we think is going to happen next round. It's mm-hmm. going to be, it's going to be fun, man. There's a lot of good teams already through. So. Very interesting. Yeah, it's going to be tough. But um, all right, who had the next point, Luke? Did you you want to talk about Chelsea? Yeah, I think it'd be interesting. Again, trying to stay away from the political side and stick into football, obviously, but um. You know what? What's kind of the next steps with with Chelsea? Um, obviously, the club's going to be sold, or it's being held at the moment, but will eventually be sold. Um, you know what? What do we think a new a new owner does? Is it a situation? Do, do we think it's going to be, you know, kept as it is, where you know 
still loads of money pumped in the club? Is it going to be more of a United situation where it's money being taken out and all of a sudden they're falling off? Yeah, just keen to know what you guys think is the potential next step for, for Chelsea. So, yeah, I don't know. I, sorry, I just got an alert literally like mm. while he was talking about this. I don't know if you guys heard about this yet, and I didn't think about it until I saw this, but apparently Juve is going after Pulisic, and they want to get him out of there. Do you think there's any type of, like, this team's going to look completely different in one year's time? It could well be. Could well be. I have no idea. I think it... To be honest, I think it really could. Uh, there's a few players that I think I'd be surprised if they don't leave. Um, I think Lukaku's one of them. I don't know where he goes, but he's clearly yeah. not happy. And depending on who comes in, they might want to. They might have enough to buy the club, but want to free up some funds to to replace some players. Um, so maybe Lukaku goes. Maybe Pulisic goes. Um, maybe Werner's another one. It could be a clear out. It could be a clear out. Um, it's a very, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, right? Where an owner has been forced to forced sell in a situation like this um, with kind of no real idea of a buyer. Um, and the thing is, Chelsea is one of these clubs like Man City where it's just, I can understand how sad it must be for Chelsea fans in a sense where, you know, you've had an owner that really cares about you winning and bringing trophies. And if you're not winning something, you go out and spend a ton of money. So the season after you do buy something. So I think the uncertainty of what does the next owner look like? Is that kind of the end of this winning mentality era? Um, I think that's probably a hard thing to come to terms with, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I I've I think it's going to be a re- pretty rough ride. For, well, that's the thing, Luke. We've never club. seen a football owner like Roman Abramovich. We've yeah. never seen an owner like it. You know, he, and he came probably won't in. Again. Exactly, he come in. Kepa doesn't work. I oh, will go by Mendy. You know, Werner doesn't work. We'll go by Lukaku. Roman Abramovich has averaged a trophy a season. I don't think that's ever been done by a football chairman. And as you were saying, Luke, with that, with the squad clear out, um, I'm aware that they have Christensen. Rudiger and Azpilicueta coming to the end of their contracts um, at the end of this season. So yeah. they're players that could be out. Dan, as you just mentioned, Pulisic, a player that I personally rate quite highly, uh, a player that's been held back by injuries, unfortunately. I know he's a huge brand over there in the States, but the mm. thing with Chelsea at the moment, I, I know obviously this is hurting Abramovich and, and we're not going to get political about it, etc. But I think... It really does hurt the Chelsea fans. I think some of the sanctions that have been put on the fans at the moment, I know the club shop's been shut. So that includes the online shop and the actual in-person shop. Fans can't buy tickets. So they're literally just going to have season ticket holders and they can't even exchange their tickets online. So it's literally, it could create like a weird black market of of, uh, Chelsea season ticket holders. But, you know, I I think, again, the fans suffer, but, you know... It's just really unfortunate with Chelsea right now. And as you said, Luke, when you're a fan that's so used to success, you know, what's it going to look like? It's going to be really hard for a football owner to come in and spend two, three billion on a club 
and then upweight that with a billion of transfers over the next like one to five years. So I think we're going to see Chelsea go for a pretty strange transitions period. Um, and as an Arsenal fan, that makes me extremely happy. As an Arsenal fan, you must be loving it. You've got United, which seems to be continuously going in the wrong direction. You've got Chelsea, which potentially could end up in a, I wouldn't say a similar boat, because I, I still think they have the key personnel within them not for that to happen quite to the extent of United, but you could still see a situation where they fall off for a couple of years while funds kind of come back in. Um, so Arsenal could really build on this. Um, and I really hope they do. <laughs> I really hope should. they do. That We should, you know. You know. You, I, I mean, as far as I'm aware, you have like no dead weight now, right? That's it. No dead weight. We've got a nice young squad coming through. I, I'm happy with how things are going at Arsenal. I know we spoke really extensively on the last podcast to get about Arsenal, so I won't go into it too much because not too much has changed over the past week. But, you know, the game against Watford did show us that we got some grit to get through some of the more difficult games with three of our young talents in Odegaard, Saka and Martinelli getting some goals. So... Yeah, as you mentioned, Luke, it's, it's Arsenal's for the taking right now, especially with Spurs yo-yo in, as you mentioned, United and Chelsea. So we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, um, and they also, their their sponsor three has to be removed from the shirt in the stadium today. So, mm. yeah. It's really? Just all, That's yeah. 40 million. Mm-hmm. Wait, so, is, that, you know. is that being removed because they don't want to be associated with yeah. Abramovich? Yeah, yeah. I had no idea about that. So is that yeah, still going to be on million the sponsorship? Is that going to be on the kit still, or is their kit going to be empty? Yeah, empty, <laughs> empty. Yep. We've never seen anything like this, right? No, I don't think. No, no. That's incredible. It's going to look really strange. Uh, yeah, strange times, man. I, I do. I feel bad for the fans, but it's it's just a. I completely understand how, like, why this is happening. But I think yeah. you still have to, uh, I th like, it's not sad for the fans, obviously. It does make sense. Um, but it is such a crazy time. Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. So we'll see when uh, when their shirts are blank, I'm guessing, by the next game. Potentially. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine it's effective immediately. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Uh, Joe, did you have some points on the state of the league? Uh, yeah, so I was just going to talk about the the relegation battle. Really, it, uh, who would have said a couple of years ago that Everton would be in seventeenth place? You know, I've got I've got family friends um, that are pretty big Everton fans, and they are not happy at the moment. And there's big rumours as well that they've been uh, going against uh, financial fair play, so they could actually get a potential point reduction as well, which we've never actually seen in the Premier League, uh, only in the lower down league. So, you know, the relegation battle at the moment, we've got Norwich, Watford, Burnley, Everton and Leeds. Leeds can't win a game to save their life at the moment. Everton, I can't see a way out for them, um, but... Lucky for them, they've got Norwich and Watford that are just damn right awful at the moment and they can't get a point to um, to save their lives at the moment. So, you know, I do love a relegation battle sometimes just as much as I love a title race. So we'll, we'll see how this goes with, with Everton. But they're a huge club. I think back in the 50s and 60s, they were really successful as well. I know that's a long, long time ago, but 
you know, it's hard. It, it is rough to see a big club like Everton that could potentially go down to the Championship, with the Championship being one of the hardest leagues to get out of. I don't know, Dan, over in the US, how big the Championship or any of the lower leagues are. Do, do they get spoken about at all? Or is it all like the spotlight on the Premier League? Yeah, Premier League. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. I mean, it's really grown within the last ten years. Really, it really has. There's a lot more, even bars just to go to to watch games and stuff like that. And you might not have seen that 15 years ago. So it's it's getting bigger and bigger. But I think if the national team actually ever does anything decent, it would get even bigger. But uh, no, not much talk about the championship now. Yeah, because it's one of the hardest leagues, in my opinion, to win. You know, you've got a lot of games. I think it's 42 games that they have to yep. play. So, you know, I, I think it's a very difficult league. And for a team like Everton to go down, it could be years and years for them to come back up. Well, I mean, this this relegation battle, we looked at it a couple of weeks back. It's getting it's even crazier now. It really is. Because you're looking at Leeds has 28 games played. Mm. And, and so do Watford and Norwich, but Burnley and Everton don't. So if they can win their games in hand, then in a couple of weeks' time, Leeds is going to be sitting there in 18 or 19. So this is this is really interesting, man. Every uh, point <laughs> matters. I do think I do think it will probably be. Um, sorry, I'm just moving my mic. That's probably going to be noisy. Um, obviously, Norwich will go down. Uh, I think it will be Watford and Burnley, personally. Okay. I think that it will be Norwich and Watford. That seems pretty locked on at the moment. I'm going to go a little bit rogue and think that Burnley are going to win a game and maybe draw a game because I can't remember who they've got, but I did look earlier. They don't look like crazy fixtures. I think Leeds are going to go down. I think they've got rid of Bielsa, which I'm quite fickle about at the end of the day because he deserved better than just to get sacked. Um. I think Leeds will go down. Yeah, the style of football that they've been playing, it's hard to transition as well with so little games left. So I think Leeds, yeah. Man. Uh, I guess... I I guess I'd pick Leeds just because they already played 28 and and Everton's at 25 and Burnley at 26. But obviously they have to do something with those games. Um, I guess I'd say Leeds. What were you saying, Luke? I was going to say, it's really messing me up, everyone being on different games. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's crazy, man. Like, how three games apart? That's 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 way too many, man. It's way too yeah. many. Yeah, it does get confusing. Okay. All right. Any other last bits you wanted to add on? Um, I think that's that's pretty much everything from me. Um, just looking at the fixtures, fixtures for the weekend, I think United have got Tottenham. Um, so not super excited about that to be honest. Potentially another loss. Potentially, <laughs> potentially. Yeah. Um, no, there are some good games coming up this weekend. Obviously, we've got Liverpool, Brighton, I think Liverpool will breeze that. Um Chelsea, Newcastle, which I think will be a good competitive game. Um, Newcastle was shot up the table recently, and obviously mm-hmm. my team, Arsenal Leicester. Can't wait for that. I think that's going to be a really hard game. I think too many Arsenal fans are writing this off as an easy 2 or 3 nil. Uh Leicester are still pretty dangerous. So we'll watch this space. Man, that's 
that you just reminded me remember like what was it a month ago luke we were talking about if if newcastle is still in the relegate because remember they were like 18th place for a while yeah yeah, yeah, they they really have shot up there man that's impressive good for them yeah they're safe now right like i'd I'd be shocked if something went super wrong yeah. Um, but I think they brought in just enough in January, right? They brought in the right people in January, which kind of steadied the ship. Um, and I think they'll kick on in the summer now. Like it, they'll get a few, few good youngsters coming in, maybe one or two veterans um, who have maybe part, just passed their peak or something. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they crack on now. Um, um, one I didn't mention when I was with my exciting teams is Crystal Palace. I think Crystal Palace could start kicking on. I think Vieira's got a decent style of football going on there so mm. yeah anyway they'll lose Conor Gallagher I'm though rambling. back to Chelsea they're gonna have to yep. pay a big sum to get him on a on a on a on a actual permanent signing all right last thing here I just thought of it because why not throw it in what if Coutinho ends up on Newcastle oh, oh. that's a curveball <laughs> That is a curveball. I don't know if I see it. I don't no. know if I see it. No. You think they'd pay more wage-wise, though? You'd oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Um, but Villa's got money, right? Like Villa are, Villa are one of the richest skin. clubs in the Prem. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not, I, I don't think it's a question of Villa can't spend money on wages. I think Villa, and I think, think Gerard will be more inclined to not break the wage structure for That's sure because he's right. trying to build a culture yeah mm. so i still think he ends up at villa though to be honest yeah. yeah i hope so it seems like it's a good fit over there good for mm. them all right uh that'll about wrap it up I want to thank you guys for listening. If you want to be on the show or uh, have any questions, email scenevaders at gmail.com and uh, we'll read whatever you guys want us to talk about. So thanks, Joe. Thanks, Luke, for coming on. And we will see you you guys next time. Always a pleasure. Thanks, guys. Oh, thank you.